afternoon, good evening. This is the NCAST Podcast, Episode 5, Media Literacy, Facts versus Truth. So, media literacy is our topic for today. I'm your host, Brian Leifer. I'm joined today by our founder, CEO, Prince. How you doing? And we will be giving our listeners a rundown on media literacy and why it's critical in understanding the world we live in today. Having a firm grasp on media literacy equates to one developing a tool set in digesting the loads of media we inevitably consume each and every day. So, what is media literacy? What is media literacy? First off, a lot of people think media is just singular, like a singular word. It's actually plural. Yes, yes. Media itself is actually a plural term derived from medium. Medium being a method in which something is communicated. So books. You don't, you don't have people saying, I'm going to go check out the medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. mm-hmm. It's more, people use the term when, you know, you're discussing creating media. And you're like, okay, what medium are you using? using exactly. Yeah, so that's, that's where you get into like books, films, yes. Snapchat books, stories, films, podcasts. Yeah, podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> this this is our medium. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, media is the plural term of medium. So where do we get quote unquote the media? Apparently, the media is like the umbrella term for media to cover all aspects of media Mm -hmm. which we were just talking about before yeah um it's basically like mass communication exactly so when you think of the media you generally think of newspapers tv shows or should i say uh tv news broadcasts podcasts that's the 1960 version of saying it but it's it's the it's the specified traditional there you go (laughs) Uh, yes, podcast, um, honestly, YouTube is, you can call it, is the media nowadays, yeah. blogs, a lot of, I notice a lot of things that have like a commentary on what's going on. A lot of, a lot of that falls under the, the quote unquote, the media. And that is, it's digital media. Mm-hmm. It's more so than uh, traditional yes, paper media. Yes, yes, So now we've got all that out of the way. Media literacy. What does that term mean? Definition term, it's the skill to navigate the media, the ability to access, analyze, evaluate, create, and act on all forms of communication. Yes. Uh, Every piece of media contains messages and effects, whether we uh, are immediately aware of them or not. And the key to media literacy is developing your skill set in consuming media. And what to consume and what to just pass on, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which we'll get more in depth in with this uh, podcast segment. Yes. So the first uh, idea I'd like to tackle is this sort of idea that messaging and it's sort of being encoded in media that we consume. Basically, when a piece of media is created, its creator slash author encodes a message in their work. And this message is then decoded by consumers who consume their media. The funny thing about this is... It's usually the creator has a certain message that he wants his audience to perceive. And then 
sometimes there's a misinformation or they don't click, I guess, when it comes to the decoding process with the consumers. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that then that message just, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice just messed up real quick, but, <laughs> but then that message just gets haywired and then the consumer doesn't really understand what the author or the creator is trying to portray or, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that basically leads into uh, what they call miscommunication or misinformation. So now let's get into what kind of information we can truly trust. And to answer this question, let's talk about how our mind theoretically consumes media. It's in our human nature to fall prey to things such as misinformation, disinformation, and propaganda. So we have to train our minds to think critically about the media that we consume. Our minds, by nature, like to what they call connect the dots. Which essentially means they like to take shortcuts to connect the dots. Yes. Which makes us vulnerable as human species when it comes to overload of information. Mm -hmm. So say you saw like a a half picture of a panda, you would just kind of take what's given to you and... Like like we said, connect the dots into it's like, hey, that's a picture of a panda. You know, a lot of people like to show like these sort of like weird pictures that sort of imply something, but it's up to you to fill in the gaps. Well, I'm not any like psychologist or neurologist, but I mm-hmm. believe they call it the brain relies on the schema. Schema is a thought power, pattern, a way the brain understands tasks and diverse outcomes of tasks and the strategy to get there. So I'm reading this verbatim off the definition, but altogether I believe it's just pattern recognition that sums it up, the definition, Mm -hmm. to my understanding. Yeah. So this isn't a problem for things like daily routines, so like brushing your teeth, getting dressed, or anything like that. But when it comes to consuming media, it causes problems. Like 2016 Russia hacking like that that's more complex of information especially if it's new information coming in on a daily mm-hmm. yeah so like sometimes when we're really busy and, or just not that interested in hunting down what would potentially be the correct answer we just tend to accept whatever answer is laid out in front of us as true because hey somebody put it in like this neat and professional way this must be true you know how many times have you like saw something on Twitter that wasn't sourced or anything like that. Just like, hey, like, oh, uh, Little Wayne got shot in Chicago or something like that. And actually, I actually do remember a couple of years ago, there was like a trend going on about Lil Wayne dying. It happened like consecutively, like for two years. And it's because like headline readers, like people mm-hmm. saw, oh, Lil Wayne passed away or Lil Wayne had another uh, seizure. Mm-hmm. Remember when he had a seizure on the airplane? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do stuff remember like that. that. And they say he would pass away, but then it just turns out to be like misinformation. Yeah, I remember like TMZ would hop on the boats, like, oh, they're, his family members are coming, um, saying their final prayers to him. I, re- I specifically remember that. Exactly. And speaking of which, since we're on the topic of TMZ, when these sort of news outlets get like the details on their stories, That's all they get, really, details, you know, just bits and pieces of information. And it's up to them to take that information and make a story out of it because 
the general consumer doesn't really know how to process just bullets and points of facts. They need they need a story pitched to them in order to fully grasp you know complex situations. A lot of times, the full story has a delay. Mm-hmm. And uh, media usually media to get parts of the story, and they need a story for the next day. So yeah, it's easier mm-hmm. to create a story than to change the story in itself. Yeah. So if you add on to that story, like um, I think it was a couple of months ago, that kid with the magna hat. I guess he was on uh, Indian territory, mm-hmm. and there was like a guy literally like yelling in his face is the Indian dressed guy yelling in his face the entire time. And he just took the clip of that and it went viral. I think I do remember, you remember that. that, right? It went I do viral. That. And it made yeah. it seem like the, the kid was just standing there with the Magna hat and all that. I'm not standing up for Magna or anything like that. But it's just like the fact, like they only took that clip and made a headline story out of it mm-hmm. and didn't get the entire story till a couple days later. This is like yeah. uh Washington post. You know, uh, New York yeah, Times, like, like a, an accredited, yeah, accredited news, news company, and they just went off with this that that clip of the story. I was like, wow, like mm-hmm. that's just um, lack of professionalism, lack of um, due diligence. You know, so mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, it's just that the writers behind that story, you know, fell victim to, you know, what our brain likes to do. Like we like to, you know fill in the gaps ourselves that's what happened you know they got a bit also a a lot of writers also need to make the story especially because they're trying to be on the first page yeah yeah and that's that's what they're yeah and that's what they're doing they're making a story by filling the gaps Gaps, exactly Mm -hmm. and they understand human psychology social psychology Mm -hmm. which leads us to our next next segue about critical thinking uh yes yes so it's kind of the cornerstone of media literacy uh critical thinking you know, is our way to process media. Exactly. And that just goes into our segment about truth versus fact or fact mm-hmm. versus truth. Either or they're, they're against each other because they have different perspectives. Mm-hmm. One, one side has evidence. The other side is more opinionated, mm-hmm. opinionated. Cause I can't speak to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. But, um, media is made by people with specific, uh, goals in mind. So understanding how and why something is produced is really key in understanding the full media media. Le- <clears throat> I can't talk today. <laughs> Me- media, whoo, boy. media <laughs> literacy. Okay. There we go. Right. Media literacy picture. It's, um, yeah, and you're absolutely right about that because it's all about the con uh, the creator's purpose to why he's making that media content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what is this angles and its intentions, and mm-hmm. are they giving the entire story? Is it biased or is it unbiased? Is there evidence to uh, back up the story that he's trying mm-hmm. to portray to? His what opinions are they trying to sway with? Exactly. So yeah, like understanding the inter inner workings of an article or a movie or just any other sort of part of quote unquote the media is really uh goes a long way in critical thinking. Also, you know, the reason a piece of work is created can, you know, directly lead to understanding its impact. Uh for example, movie Get Out. That's a piece of media that on surface looks like a horror film, 
um, about a black guy going to all white family in the woods and he almost gets killed and his brain abducted. (laughs) 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 But like subliminal message wise is about what black men can fear if they go into an interrelationship, right? I think that's it. Is it interrelationship? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, the consequences. I'm not saying, like, it'd be as extreme as, uh, what's the, Jordan... Jordan Peele? Jordan Peele's, uh, imagination, but there are consequences. Mm -hmm. So, it highlights it with subliminal messages in in that movie, Get Out. So, specifically, uh, targeting the what of media creation, we can directly relate that to the focus basically the topic or subject of what they're including and excluding when people create media so you know going to the whole usually they exclude because then fit the narrative yeah yeah so if i write an article and i have a certain opinion about it right i'm gonna probably exclude certain sort of counter arguments that may rebuttals. Be, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which doesn't, the problem with that is it doesn't expand on exp, uh, perspective. You know, when, when you don't highlight the rebuttals to your opinionated article, it just seems one sided and very lean to what you're saying. And you only look for evidence that highlight your narrative. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. It's, it's a little, um, little selfish and little um your intent is for it depends on it's either you or multiple people your intent is for us versus me to polarize i'm specifically talking more so like political reasons but it could be in other aspects too Mm -hmm. um you name it (laughs) (laughs) i mean it does it does have a, a a deeper meaning when you do that when you when you try to keep it just one side of the argument. Yeah. So that reminds me, there's actually a certain aspect of the media that we actually haven't touched base on yet. And that is what's everybody's favorite thing. Advertisements. (laughs) (laughs) Advertisements. So yeah, advertisements um, really hone in on the what's and why's of media creation to help get their message across to targeted consumers. Specifically, advertisements uh, really like to sort of target the hierarchy of needs we as human beings have. Uh, Adam, would you like to uh, explain the hierarchy of needs? Sure. So, the hierarchy of needs was created by a man named Abraham Maslow. He basically touched on levels of our human basic needs so i'll start it off with the bottom level of our needs which is food and water what we need to survive along with shelter and sleep and then the next level is the need to feel safe Um, especially you want to be in a safe environment you have a home you want to protect you get cameras you get an alarm system and then the next level is love and belonging. My favorite. Right? <laughs> love and belonging. Who doesn't want to feel loved? You know, by family members, or a companion, specific spouse. And then the next level is uh, accomplishments, uh, a feeling of self-worth, 
feeling like you that you that you're somebody in this world of seven billion people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you want to feel like you stand out, you're unique. And then the top of the pyramid, basically, I'm giving you levels of pyramid. Uh, is destiny uh, basically what you destined to be your aspiring goals um, and how you want to achieve it? You always find a strategy to achieve your future goals, right? Yeah, so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I always thought that hierarchy of needs really explains life. Whenever one, the first time I learned it, which is like back in high school. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, I remember in like high school. I think it was like twelfth grade. I learned about the hierarchy of needs, and I was like, whoa, like. Now, all of a sudden... Shout out Miss McKeldon. (laughs) (laughs) Miss McKeldon helped me out. (laughs) I was just like, yeah, everything just makes sense now. I feel like this is what life is all about. Exactly. And that's also very terrifying because advertisers know what life's all about. And because they know what life's all about, they know how to really attack you mentally. Well, I think advertisers don't really know what life's all about. I hate to disagree with you, but at the same time, I feel like they find strategies to target human behavior. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, well, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, it's more so like through market researching and A and B testing, they find ways of what their consumers want and how to mm-hmm. appeal to their consumers. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I use advertising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some... Uh... Dark stuff here. Yeah. So, Adam. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get to the dark stuff, <laughs> let me give like a, a pre, not a prequel, uh, a, a pre-segue to the darker side of media. It may seem like we're just kind of demonizing advertisers, um, especially if we're, when we're going to this next segment, but just, just to give you a baseline, advertisers are necessary for products. Yes. Like, you won't, hear or know about the product if mm-hmm. it's not advertised towards mm-hmm. you. So yeah. we're not trying to demonize advertisers, right, Brian? Mm-hmm. Well, of course not. There's some advertisements that I, I welcome with wide open arms. Yeah, like, wow, like, I would not have known about this product that really fits well with my lifestyle had it not been for this amazing advertisement. Exactly. So to know about the product, you need advertising. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it gets mixed up with the darker side of media. And that's where we're heading to next. Ooh, boy. Ooh, the dark side of media. The dark side. Whoa. All right. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> no, um, so the first topic we're going to talk about for the darker side of media is propaganda. Um, how it was used in media throughout its existence of media. So I know we didn't start off with this, but media started off with yellow pages and uh, newspapers in the beginning. Even before that, well, you can always trace it back to just, you know, writing stuff down yeah. on paper. Typewriting. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. before typewriting. Or even just like, writing paper. Yeah, writing yeah, Even like paper. ancient Greek times, you know, uh, Socrates was having like arguments on whether or not we should be writing things down. But it wasn't really established till like 1800, I'm going to say 16, The creation of the typewriter, yes, definitely yeah. did like kick things off because then... After that, a lot of people became, you know, uh, literate. Yeah, um, literate because there's a lot of illiterate people back then too. Yes, but yes. because of media and people just having a forms, widely accessible, you know, print. Exactly. You know, definitely, like you know, pushed you know people to really like you know teach and uh, learn you know how to read and write. Well, 
just to not to steer off the conversation. I do want to go back in history, though. Uh, the reason why is because propaganda was really important during the World War, uh, World War War eras, World War One and World War Two, mm-hmm, the Great War. Exactly. Uh, so World War One, like they were really noticing how like you push people, not push, but like make their advertisement and propaganda as compelling as possible to join the war and join the army to serve your country. And after World War One, and they see, uh, oh, well, let's see, Uncle Sam was a, Uncle was, Sam, yes, yeah. he was a historical figure for World War One and World mm-hmm. War Two, mm-hmm. And uh, was it Betsy? No. Uh, ooh, uh, what's the lady? Yeah, am I gonna Ooh, have to? Boy. Am I gonna Google this? Everybody dressed like this, like for uh, Rosie Halloween. the Riveter. Ro- Rosie the Riveter. Rosie the Riveter. Yes, yeah, there it is. She's a, a propaganda figure too. When men went off to war, she was like a figure to have women yeah, start taking have, on uh, housewives to pick up the, like their uh, this, husbands' jobs exactly. who are away at war. You know, keep the you know the businesses going. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. So they saw so much success for that in World War One that they brought over to World War Two. I feel like the campaign was way more established. You can mm-hmm. see a big difference if you look back in history how they established it more and had more message to push people to join the war. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so our next segue, which Brian's going to start talking about, is uh, misinformation. Yes, the dreaded misinformation. So how many times have, you know, you seen this kind of scenario, right? A breaking news story happens. Um, Details are slim. A lot of news outlets are reporting conflicting information. That's called, you know, misinformation. Basically, information that's not deliberately false, just kind of gets mixed up in other things and leads to a false narrative you know, making its way through the media and through the communities. Um, that can be very harmful in a lot of ways. Um, it's also harmful when it's, like, inaccurate and unintentional. Yeah. Um, sometimes we as humans make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that means the writers and blog writers or people who are trying to distribute news to the public, they'll make mistakes. And when it's inaccurate, it could have a severe consequence or backfire if it's not fixed Mm -hmm. in a timely manner Mm -hmm. or it's not even noticed in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, see, do you know what's even worse than misinformation? Disinformation. Disinformation. Yes, disinformation. You know, information used to confuse and distract the intended audience. Do you know how I feel about how I feel about uh, disinformation? It's like a a media outlet using half truths. Yes. To like steer their own narratives. Mm-hmm. I feel that I feel that way with a lot of political parties. Like, well, say, with, to be uh, honest, the Trump administration uses that a lot. But Whenever like something, the Democratic Party used that a lot. DNC, they used that a lot for Hillary's campaign. Yeah, they did. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like I was really about to go into the political party with mm-hmm. uh, Democratic conservatives. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. and the biggest tool for misinformation, I think a lot of people don't like to highlight on because there's so much evidence behind it, is stereotypes and racism. Mm-hmm. Go on. Um, both of them are marketable because it causes controversy. 
Yes. And it's not has nothing to do with advertising. It's more about like just starting conversation and having people become polarized, especially when it comes around election season. Mm-hmm. About things they're strong about and what they ideas ideologies that they back up, mm-hmm. and that's what people start separating. You know, especially in America, mm-hmm. you saw that with the 2016 election. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> even our closest friends, you're like, what's going on? I thought we were always on the same page. Yeah, we've known each other for like ten plus years. You ever had somebody on Facebook like say something, and it's just like, whoa. <laughs> where was this person in 07 <laughs> like I don't know but so that's the darker side of media so with a gloomy topic like that I think we should really go into the proper steps to, on how to properly analyze media I'm the type of person where it's like I don't believe there's like a one right way yeah you know yeah. but there's like a correct way to like find yeah I think what I should say, I'm not implying that there's an actual tried and true sequence of steps. Yeah. But there is like certain tips. Give you it. barriers. To yes. Like, mm-hmm. You know, look, know what you're looking at and make sure it's correct information. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, media skills that relate to uh, media literacy. So if you remember before when we were defining media literacy, we specifically men- mentioned access, analyze, evaluate create and act so what do those all mean so first i'll start it off okay okay yeah uh, with access Mm -hmm. like i mentioned before we're in a digital age uh with digital media and we have access well if you have wi-fi you have access to almost everything on the internet yes give or take Mm -hmm. yeah and it also allows us uh, allows writers, authors, etc., to have freedom of expression mm-hmm. on, online, mm-hmm. which gives people ability to freelance. They don't have to essentially work for the New York Post or the Washington Post. They can work from their house mm-hmm. and create a blog, an article, and s- send it out to millions, and it'll impact them just the same as it would back in the 90s when they end up writing in an office. Mm-hmm. So the next part is analyze. So we kind of touched base on this earlier, you know, discovering the purpose and message of media. You know, just to recap, you know, it's uh, who created this message and what is its purpose? Uh, what techniques does it use to attract and hold attention? Uh, what lifestyles, values, or point of view does it depict? Uh, how might different people interpret this message? And, and this uh, is with an understanding that all media is constructed and skewed yes. with a purpose and intention. Yes, because, you know, like we said earlier, media is created by people. Yeah. People like you and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's always going to be influenced by our past experiences and just who we are personally. As much as we like to look at the news as be, having objective outtakes, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of the writers have subjective intentions. Yes, yes. You know, they, they can try. Uh, you know, yeah. it's there's steps they can do to really minimize that subjective feelingness. Mm-hmm. You know, just having, you know, both sides of the argument and having a neutral opinion uh, definitely goes a long way in providing... The least, uh, un the least biased sort of article. And you could try. Like, yeah, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like these authors and blog writers are perfect. Mm-hmm. 
It's mm-hmm. just if you don't provide rebuttals or opposing arguments mm-hmm. to your claims, it's really hard to just take your uh, your information with a full uh, what is it a spoon full of sugar. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's I haven't thing. heard that one yet. A spoonful of sugar? Mm-mm. What? All right, I ain't that old. <laughs> All right, I'm like three years older than you. Like he ain't gonna play me like I'm that old. But okay. <laughs> but. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what they go to school for. (laughs) (laughs) At least the good ones. The good schools. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So next up is evaluate. This one's real important. Uh, There's four key things to look out for in the evaluation step, and that's relevancy. Is this piece of media relevant? Uh, Accuracy. Is this piece of media, you know, accurate? Is there evidence backing the claims in the media? Yeah. Um, Bias. Is this piece of media bias? You know, we were talking about that just a second ago. Political campaigns, Mm -hmm. political um, debates. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is it biased or unbiased? Mm -hmm. And then reliability. You know, is the creator or outlet credible? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is the outlet credible? Pretty Mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. All right. And then next step is create. Uh, This one's pretty straightforward. You know, if to be media literate, you have to actually know how to create media. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a learning process. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you really think about it, we were in 2019. 12 years ago, uh, Facebook came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitter was on the mm-hmm. rise. See, that's the thing, though. With social media, we're, everybody creates media, now. whether they truly intend to or not. You know, if you send a tweet on Twitter... Um, you're creating media. But I'd say, like, I mean, how were you back then? Like, you were pretty young. Did you were you able to use like Twitter or when it first came out? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was well, an early adopter. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah. but like, you didn't really realize that you were creating media. No, you of were just not. you were like, oh, I'm gonna make a post. Saying yeah, like some to silly me, I was shit. like, oh, it's like, like having a diary. Yeah, but yeah. like you're like sharing the diary. And then when you start realizing that you're creating your own media, that's mm-hmm. when it's like, oh, snap. Like, people like, are actually paying attention and yeah. following. Mm-hmm. Like, Not I always. To, yeah. <laughs> it's like that moment you realize, oh, wait, I have to watch what I say online because yeah. people actually look at it and people actually judge me for what I say. Well, it also depends on how much clout you have, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love much, that word. Yeah, how much stance you have I behind. I love that word. How much stance you have behind... Uh, your following and your influence on mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. Like, say, let's let's give an example. Say you were, oh, okay, he he rarely likes to post anything on social media. Say you were Jay-Z, right? Yeah. Jay-Z is in a position where he can only say limited things because he has so many business ventures that he wants to protect. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to spew so much information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If people find out about him, it's because bloggers are searching information about him. It's not mm-hmm. like he's posting on his own. Mm-hmm. But that's because he understands the ramification behind mm-hmm. posting and people following him mm-hmm. and understanding where he's coming from. So what a lot of people like to do on their Twitter bios, um, people people who work for like you know big companies and but like to be active on Twitter. Our friends they, with them on social media. Go ahead. Um, they, in their bios, they like to say, uh, my views do not reflect my employer. And that's kind of like a disclaimer. If I may say some shitty stuff on Twitter, uh, don't think that represents the views of the company I work for. And I think that's a pretty good... Uh, but that's I think it's also like the problem with um, 
your words shouldn't reflect you as a whole. Yeah, like explain. Like sometimes people make mistakes. Yeah, like to a degree. I'm not gonna just excuse all mistakes. Mm -hmm. But sometimes like people write stuff on Twitter and they end up deleting it later Mm -hmm. on because they're like, "Oh, that's a mistake. I shouldn't wrote that." Not because they feel bad, but it's generally like maybe. They forgot to put an A in the sentence or, you mm-hmm. know, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, You know, uh, earlier when I mentioned how Socrates was very unsure about, you know, people writing stuff down, it's because... They're going to use it against you. Yeah, people can take your, take your word, take your written word and use it against you. And if you're not there in person to defend personally yourself. defend yourself, you know, it's a... It can be pretty bad, <laughs> and then and then people have like a absolute perception on you, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why I meant like your words should reflect you mm-hmm. as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, just because I say that doesn't mean that's all of me, you know. Like, you shouldn't attach just that sentence or that phrase or just that one particular action, and then dismissing it entirely, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not even look at the good. <laughs> you know, like people like people could do so much good in the world with the one bad thing that goes viral. Yeah. You know, like they, they see that they see that person as like that viral incident that happened to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a tough world out there. And, but I also think it's a, it's like the influence of the platforms. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the social mm-hmm. platforms. They have that much of an influence on our minds, mm-hmm. you know, they give us so much dopamine. <laughs> yeah, the dopamine uh, inject from Twitter. I need that. Exactly. Ah! Sitting at work, next thing you know, you're scrolling through Twitter or mm-hmm. you're scrolling through Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Lost in the web. Exactly. All right, moving on. And the last point uh, let's, we're going to talk about is uh, act. Act. What does it mean to act on media? Basically. So, go, go ahead. ahead. You, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. You so, go. um. For instance, for the past six months, six, I want to say five months, five, four months, I've been, four months, let's stick with four months. Okay. I've been uh, working on advertising for my backpack brand. That took a process, which I couldn't immediately act on. But once I did, I'm starting to advertise it more, which means I'm acting on my own medium. Yes. Does it make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so... That's just one example of just acting. Like mm-hmm. you have uh, you have content that you want to put out there, put it out. Mm-hmm. I've, um, who says it best? What's that guy's name? Is it Vaynerchuk? Um, Gary. That White name guy? does not ring a bell White at guy? all for me. Gary, Van- yeah, Gary, Van- uh, Gary V. Anyways, he's done. <laughs> no, he's like he's just saying like. Um, we live in a social envi- or a social environment where in media people are afraid to like post stuff because they won't get enough likes. They're afraid to <laughs> act because like they have second thoughts of it not getting the standard of likes that they want, mm-hmm. and so people are not acting as much on media. Mm-hmm. And really, that's not what the media platform is for. It's for you to share, post, mm-hmm. and engage mm-hmm. on the platform. Yeah. So, uh, I just I just feel like that's the culture we're in right now. It's mm-hmm. like a high school impress others culture. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I think of acting on media, I just I normally think of what kind of impact 
did this piece of media have on you? So say I read a textbook, say I read a chapter out of a textbook and I learn something. I then take apply that knowledge into something I'm doing in my life. That's me acting, you know, on media. Say I watched a film that I really, really liked and one of its themes was say, uh, you know, treat your treat others well while they're still here. Like and then I act on that by like sending like a happy birthday text to like my aunt or something like the next day. Okay. Like that's me acting on media. So we have a little different outtakes on acting. Mm-hmm. But okay. Yeah. But no, like it... acting is, you know, it's pretty widespread yeah. on, you know, what it can mean. Because at the end of the day, the core parts of our argument are essentially the same. Same, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just to act whatever you see on media, whether it's to imitate mm-hmm. and put something on the platform or to take away, like what mm-hmm. you're saying. I took something away from me, what I read, and mm-hmm. applied it to your life, right? Yeah. So. yeah. So uh, to bring it all back, uh, the sort of act, create, evaluate, analyze, access, it's pretty impossible to apply all these aspects into every piece of media we yeah. encounter especially nowadays in the internet where we there's encounter there's a plethora of just information spewing yes. like projectile vomiting information mm-hmm. into our face every day that's a that's a kind of a gross imagery but I guess <laughs> but it like it, it is what it is like <laughs> like literally there's so much information mm-hmm. just coming at you mm-hmm. you can't consume it all yeah that's why i say well, it's not like, even just consume it all it's just so we can't you know, of apply all of these sort of media literacy skills to everything we consume. Like, yeah. chances are something's going to slip by us. Say, like, some kind of, like, disinformation is going to come by us and, like, we'll fail to recognize it because, like, hey, we've been consuming media for basically the whole entire day and the whole entire week, the whole entire month, the whole entire year. Like, it's it's hard to, you know, give everything, you know, the time of day to uh properly you know evaluate it i think i read like some studies somewhere saying like we consume almost to like ten thousand, fifteen thousand worth of information like mm-hmm. in like a week or something like that and it's just like is this a reason why i can't remember what i have for breakfast yeah like we're that <laughs> complex like you can imagine you can remember something that happened five to ten years ago but you can't remember like a small task mm-hmm. or like uh, uh, an, an actor that's uh, played a small role in a movie, mm-hmm. but he's famous. Mm-hmm. But I think what's actually good about this plethora of media is that even though we cannot apply our skills to everything we consume, it still gives us a lot of opportunity to improve our skills. Yeah. And, you know, that's the main takeaway here, right? Improving our media literacy skills. For the media that we consume, so we can avoid the pitfalls and the traps. Traps of fake news, fake news, being decept or not decept, uh, being fooled. Yes. Um, just understanding what we're reading. Yes. Mm-hmm. Instead of just the headlines. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, click on the link. It could be like an April's Fool article. You mm-hmm. never know. Like mm-hmm. I sometimes. I've seen like TMZ links on like Twitter, and I click on it, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Gotcha!" It's like, "Gotcha!" You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just like, like, oh, there's like a lot of like they, uh, parody news outlets out there that yeah. have like these satire articles, 
And you know what I mean? Like, and you read in a fine print, it'd be like, this is not a serious article. <laughs> but the thing is, though, if you have strong media literacy skills, you can just tell even from, like, the headlines a lot of times. If not, you know, just look or reading. context. Yeah, your context or yeah. reading the beginning paragraph, you know. It's all about, you know, buffing those muscles. You got to buff those media literacy uh, biceps. <laughs> well, the brain is a muscle, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to work it out, which means a lot of people don't like to work out their brain. But <laughs> it depends because we're also impressionable. I mean, the older we get, we have a guard. But mm-hmm. when we're young, we're definitely impressionable. But the older we get, we have a guard. You start to recognize, like, okay, this is BS. Mm-hmm. This is actually real. Mm-hmm. You know, differentiate both of them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we like we want to be convinced. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like especially if it um it. Atten- uh, adheres to our own biases like yes. uh say you're watching the democratic debate <laughs> and you're trying to look for who's uh who's appeasing your own bias yes a lot of mm-hmm. people are saying bernie a lot of people are saying andrew yang uh, a lot of people are saying what's her name uh camilla harris yeah camilla harris yes mm-hmm. see just mm-hmm. stuff like that okay so that about wraps it up for this episode. Uh, I'd say if you want to learn more about this topic, a good resource to use uh, is, what is it called? It's this YouTube. Crash, crash Course. Yes, Crash Course on YouTube. Uh, they have Media a, Literacy. They have a 13-video uh, special on media literacy that uh, this podcast was uh, definitely heavily based on. You know, shout out to uh, Jay Smooth. Jay Smooth. <laughs> And so, yeah, I'm your host today. My name is Brian Leifer, and closing out here. What, what's my, your What's your Twitter handle, Brian Leifer? My Twitter handle. Ooh, yeah, I gotta get that out there. Uh, my Twitter handle is Brian D Leifer. B R I A N D L E I F E R. I also now have a professional Instagram account. <laughs> there you see. go. My handle there is. Bumblebee Brian. That's B U M B L E B E E underscore Brian B R I A N. And where can they find you, Prince? So my name is Prince Etzem Ayo. As we're closing out, and my Twitter handler is at underscore Nigma capital N I G M A underscore capital R M underscore. And then my IG is actually at P dot underscore Nigma I N G M A. All right. And that closes out for media literacy, facts versus truth. We'll see you on the next episode.